0: Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com.
1: This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nugia Dean. Today is Monday, August 14th. Coming up, earlier this year, Missouri's Secretary of State introduced strict new rules about what materials libraries are allowed to buy and who can access them. We'll hear how that's affected libraries and their users over the past two months. But first, some headlines. For every 860 people of color in Kansas City, there's only one therapist of color. KCUR's Lawrence Brooks IV reports on a new study of unequal access to professional mental health care.
0: The
2: demand for support from therapists of color is rooted in their ability to provide shared cultural experience and understanding, say the report's authors from CounselingPsychology.org. For every 433 white people in Kansas City, there is one white therapist. That's about double the ratio for most people of color here. Black and Hispanic Kansas Citians fared the worst overall. Asian communities fared somewhat better. Native Americans had the best population-to-therapist ratio in Kansas City, with one therapist for every 98 individuals.
1: Recent storms have alleviated drought in parts of Missouri, but KCUR's Eva Tesfi reports the Kansas City metro is still dry. Most of the metro region is in moderate drought, while some parts are still in severe drought. However, the rain did ease conditions for much of northern, northeastern and central Missouri. But it would have been better if that rain was spread out over a few weeks, says Brett Williams, a meteorologist for the National Weather Service in Kansas City. You know, when it all falls at once, you get excess runoff, which can kind of limit the amount of improvement you get uh, to the drought. The drought is hitting corn farmers in Missouri especially hard. The Missouri corn crop has been doing the worst in the country for six weeks straight. The University of Kansas has launched an initiative to address a critical shortage of nurses in the state. Rose Conlin of the Kansas News Service reports it comes as Kansas hospitals see their highest nurse vacancy rates in decades. The new Kansas Nursing Workforce Center will expand partnerships with community colleges to encourage more people to enter the field. Director Amy Garcia says the center will also work with employers to try to reduce the number of nurses who quit. Roughly 75 percent of nurses report burnout. There's much that can be done to figure out how to set up a work environment that supports nurses at different phases of their career. She says shoring up the state's nursing workforce is particularly vital to keep rural hospitals open. By 2026, Kansas will need an additional 18,000 nurses, 28,000 nursing assistants, and 6,000 home health aides, according to the state labor department. We'll be back after this.
0: This podcast is looking for good deals on great food, but sometimes we need to grab a bite late at night. What are some of your favorite late-night happy hours in the KC Metro? Text us at 816-601-4777. That's 816-601-4777. Standard texting rates apply.
1: In May, Missouri Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft's new rules for libraries went into effect. They require libraries to publish written policies describing how they consider age when selecting materials, letting parents decide what materials their children can access, and letting parents challenge whether materials and displays are age-appropriate. The rules also ban libraries from buying materials considered to be obscene or child pornography, displaying adult material in children's or teens' areas, and giving material to children that hasn't been approved by parents. They require libraries to designate which events are appropriate for different age groups. Libraries must follow these rules or risk losing state funding. Kimberly Muller is the president elect of the Missouri Library Association. She told Emily Woodbury of St. Louis Public Radio how the new rules are changing the way that librarians do their jobs and the access that library patrons have to books.
0: You said that it's six things that are are part of this new rule. Much of it is really not anything new. So what is it that you are hearing from libraries about having to comply with these new rules written in this particular way?
2: What we're hearing from libraries is a lot of confusion. And when this first rule came out, um, it kind of came out out of the blue, there were a number of library directors that reached out to the Secretary of State's office and that talked to lawyers trying to get clarity on what it might mean. And there really hasn't been any guidance. So libraries throughout the state are choosing a variety of options to try and figure out how to comply with this rule because, again, it is based on an individual or personal perspective. Many libraries, um, like St. Charles and like Jefferson County and um, Columbia, where I live, already have in place age restrictions saying, you know, no one of course can have a card if they're a minor without permission from their parents. But now that's being much more explicitly stated. So some of the language involves things like saying and granting permissions, legal guardians acknowledge that all materials of the library will be available to the minor. And this explicit terminology or this explicit language now is being um, something that's a part of signing to say, yes, my child can have a library card. Mm-hmm. Certain counties have decided, okay, this is an opt-out situation. We're not going to revoke the library cards for children. We're just going to say, you know, this new language is there. We're sending out a message. And if parents want to opt out, they can say, you know what, I don't want my child to have a card anymore, so I'm going to opt out and their card is no longer valid. Other districts are deciding to expire all cards for minors, so anyone under the age of 18, and say, no, parents actually need to come in and sign new permissions just to make sure we have on record that every individual parent is agreeing to this.
0: Now, the library has or will write a publicly accessible policy allowing the parents or guardians of minors to challenge the age appropriateness of any library event or material that's also um, part of what is going on right now. Is there a precedent, any precedent, for a rule like this? You know, that allows the public to dictate and possibly change the way a library organizes its catalog, Kimberly? Of course, actually, libraries have
2: consistently had challenge and reconsideration policies throughout their history. We want feedback from our patrons. We are a community and a public service, and we want to have that input from our community. Both the positive feedback, because we love positive feedback, but also the challenges and the reconsideration and the criticism, because that's how we grow. And so every library that I've ever known has a challenge or a reconsideration policy. The only difference that I've seen in this past year is an adaptation of those policies to say, in order to challenge a material, the challenge must come from someone living or that owns property in the district or in the county. We've Uh. seen... Tons of challenges come in from people that don't even live in Missouri. Um, there's a large group in Florida that has been, for example, um, going through lists and sending lists of, you know, here are materials to challenge. And so the policy has adapted a little bit. Um, and it is unique to each library. Each library does handle things differently based on whether it goes through board of directors or whether it goes through board of curators, just depending on. Um, Where you're at and what that policy looks like. But there's always been a way for patrons to say, you know what, I think that this isn't what I expected. Mm -hmm. And really, all of the way that libraries usually handle this is through a conversation, talking with a patron and saying, okay, we're sorry that your experience with the library wasn't what you expected. What were you looking for? What can we help you find? Because again, there should be something for everyone present. So If you were unhappy with this particular experience, how do we change that so your interaction with the library is positive? And then sure, let's take a look at what your concern was and not just ignore it. So that's always been a part of how libraries operate. I would say it's much more discussed. It makes it much more significant part of the conversation. The number of challenges has dramatically increased, but this is something that Missouri and that the American Library Association have kept track of consistently. You can go through the American Library Association's history and see each year where challenges come from, and there's a ton of data that's collected on it.
0: In terms of support from communities, do you feel that, by and large, libraries have the support of the communities they serve? Absolutely, and I think this has been the most rewarding part
2: of the entire last few months while we've been discussing the rule and discussing other potential legislation the challenges the negative responses to libraries have really been a very small minority i would say a very vocal minority but a very small small minority. We have so many community members that are supportive, that come up on a daily basis, either to people at the desk, or that send emails to the Missouri Library Association, or that are just through a variety of different ways letting us know that we have their support.
1: That was Emily Woodbury of St. Louis Public Radio and Kimberly Muller of the Missouri Library Association. You can hear their entire conversation on St. Louis Public Radio's show, St. Louis on the Air. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Dean. This podcast is produced by Gabriella Lacey, Byron Love, and KCUR Studios. It's edited by Lisa Rodriguez, Gabe Rosenberg, and Laura Ziegler. For more local news from Kansas City's NPR station, visit kcur.org. If you like our show, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. It's really helpful for spreading the word about the podcast. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow.